Wednesday, February 17th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. So what do we have today? Pull up the uh, old screen here. Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier has been, uh, let's just say, a, a company man for quite a while, and he does not hesitate to carry water for the UFC. And with how the UFC is taking care of him, if he's comfortable doing that, then um, I understand why. Uh, but he recently spoke about his teammate, Habib Nurmagomedov and Dana White, and White's endless, seemingly endless uh, pursuit of getting Nurmagomedov back into the octagon, even though Nurmagomedov said he has retired and he doesn't want to be the UFC lightweight champion and he's not going to fight again. So White's having another supposed meeting with Nurmagomedov in Las Vegas about this and it doesn't sound like he's going to change the fighter's mind but yet he's going to pursue this meeting. And here's what Cormier said about that. And uh, as a promoter, you have to do that. We have to understand that as a promoter, you have to get one of the biggest stars in your organization to try to fight. So if there is an inkling of a chance, you continue to press down that path, and that's what Dana is doing. But there's not an inkling of a chance. Nurmagomedov has stood his ground since he said he retired because his mother wanted him to, and he has not budged an inch on that. In fact, he's getting more headstrong and saying he does not want to come back, he said that Poirier should be the champion, and White is just being stubborn because he thinks that somehow, somewhere, some way, he'll be able to make the McGregor and Nurmagomedov rematch. And I don't know how that works out since Nurmagomedov. I'm sorry, since Poirier just knocked McGregor out, but. We, uh, we know that McGregor gets what he wants and White gets what he wants. So the, the McGregor side of the equation, the UFC will make happen and it will make that happen regardless of what anyone else thinks. So, But you don't have the other side of the equation. You don't have Nurmagomedov and I don't think you're going to get Nurmagomedov. But White continues down this path. He keeps beating that drum. And he's getting, he's fooling himself even more these days by saying that he thinks that Nurmagomedov will will fight McGregor because he hates him so much. But my take on that is, if you if you're in control of the situation, which Nurmagomedov is, complete one hundred percent control of the situation, and you know this other person wants to fight you and they think they can beat you and you're in their head so far in their head that it's causing them to you know obsess why would you give that person what you what they want if you hate them if I'm Nurmagomedov and I know that I beat this guy and it wasn't particularly close and that he is quote unquote obsessed with getting that one back and I control 
everything about that situation, why do I give him what he wants? I don't. I, I don't give him what he wants. And maybe that's part of the equation here. Maybe Nurmagomedov is stringing this along to make McGregor angrier. Maybe Ali Abdelaziz is involved in this somehow, Nurmagomedov's manager. We know he is not one to uh, be above being a little petty. So maybe they're teaming up on here and, and stringing McGregor along with the, you know, we're going to keep taking these meetings with White, but we're not going to fight you. We're not going to agree. And eventually, at some point, it'll just be all off the table and Nurmagomedov will once again win. He won in the fight. He'll win in this by just simply denying McGregor and White what they want. It's not often that someone can hold all the cards and the UFC holds none and McGregor holds none. But in this case, it's absolutely that sad situation. And so if you're if you have a royal flush, which Habib does, well, you just keep playing that hand until you get all the chips in from the other from the other opponents, and then you show your hand and you won. Maybe that's the situation. I would like to think that would be the situation because that would be you know, something that you would do if you really dislike that person. You give them a little hope, and then you crush them. Maybe that's what Nurmagomedov and, and Abdulaziz are doing. Because if it's something else, it, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, Cormier siding with the UFC and over his friend in this situation seems a little, a little off to me. It seems a little like too willing to carry the water of the promotion because you don't have to do this. Dana White doesn't have to do this. He got his answer. His answer was no. Any other fighter, with the exception of maybe McGregor, this wouldn't happen. Look at look at how they did um, Henry Cejudo. When he retired, it didn't take long to get that belt back in circulation. And Cejudo has practically you know, begging for a comeback fight, and the UFC is not even acknowledging it. So that's the one side, the side that says if you're thinking about retiring, you should retire. And then there's this side where if you're thinking about retiring, but I can make money off you, well, then maybe you shouldn't retire. So Cormier should, in this situation, I, I believe, should side with his friend and because he knows what it's like to want to retire from the sport but instead he's he's carrying the UFC water and I don't like it but I but like I said I understand it because he's comfortable doing so since the UFC is taking care of him like I said I don't like it I understand it Bobby Green we know that he did not fight Jim Miller uh, last weekend because of uh he was dehydrated backstage after the weigh-in, and what he said now is that he um, he had air pockets in his lungs, and I guess my kidneys failed. I messed my back up in training, and I thought it was just pain from that. So we know the dangers of weight cutting. We know if your kidneys fail from weight cutting, you are in bad shape. And so hopefully this is a wake-up call for Bobby Green, and maybe he moves up to welterweight 
but the amount of coverage this didn't get makes me think that this is just uh, we're now point the past the point where we even care about weight cutting pretty much we don't even acknowledge it that much the only story we got on this was Bobby Green had weight cutting issues had to pull out of the fight therefore he doesn't get paid Jim Miller doesn't get paid and then we move on but should we move on we I mean we shouldn't move on weight cutting is a huge issue and it's damaging to the body it's damaging to the brain so why are we just now, why are we back to accepting this? Why is this just a one-day issue in the sport and not a long, drawn-out conversation? Is it because we're sick of hearing it about it? Maybe. Is it because we accept it? Maybe. Is it because we don't think anything is going to change? Maybe. Maybe it's all of those things. But if we don't talk about it and we don't keep bringing it up, it's definitely not going to change. And this is one of the situations where fighters uh, have died. They just, it just not, has not happened in the UFC yet. Do I think it will happen in the UFC? I, I think the UFC has been extremely lucky. And I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be shocked because this is another one of those situations where the promotion pays lip service to something but does nothing to remedy or fix it because, well, these are independent contractors and how can we control them? How can we do anything about this? They're just independent co contractors. Meanwhile, they do everything else to control the fighters, including through the USADA program, which the UFC pays for, make the fighters give their whereabouts at all times. So don't tell me you can't do something about weight cutting. You don't want to do something, that's a different story. And that's where we're at. So I think this should have been a bigger story. And I, I'm worried again that this is one of those things where, you know, well, this is just part of the sport. Like the Spencer Fisher story, like Dana White just dis dismissed that. This is just part of the sport. So he's not the first. He's not, he won't be the last. Well, well, the last, what's it going to take to be the last? Death? Maybe. And that should not happen. So hopefully, like I said, Bobby Green wakes up on this. And hopefully we uh, get back to trying to make something a little better than the weight-cutting situation we currently have. If you know anything about me, you know that I do not like Fight Night Bonus Program. In my mind, every fighter in the UFC should be paid a flat fee. It should be wherever they're at at the win and the win and show situation currently. And it should go from there. The bonuses should be rolled back into that, into the pay, or it should be used to support fighters and give them a stipend. There should be no win and show. There should just be one amount of pay for every fighter on every card. They shouldn't get. They shouldn't have to get a win to get their full pay. It's it's not fair. And I know. The argument has been and will continue to be a fiction, it, this is a fiction, that you get more exciting fights if you have a win and, and show structure. You don't. You'll never convince me you do. It doesn't make sense. It's a fiction the UFC has put in place. 
to keep the fighters keep the fighters pay as low as they can. Now, here is a UFC fighter speaking about that situation. If I went, and this is Curtis Blades speaking about his wrestling heavy uh, style and what he does. He's fighting Derek Lewis this weekend. If I win the exact same way, I would be fine. Because guess what? It's another win. It's a win bonus. I don't know if a lot of people care, but I have a family. I'm trying to feed my family. I don't care if you want me to risk my win bonus, which is $100,000, to stand and bang with a guy who is terrible wrestling. I'm just not going to do it. Unless you defend every takedown attempt, I'm not going to stop trying to wrestle you. You have to deter me, and I don't think Derek is going to deter me. And so here's a guy who's saying the exact opposite of the fiction that the UFC has established. He's not going to make it a more exciting fight. He's going to win any way he can. And being a wrestler against a man who's not a good wrestler, he's just going to take him down, hold him down as long as he can. And when Lewis stands up, he's going to take him down and hold him down as long as he can again and again and again. And if that fails, then he will try to stand and use his hands to win the fight. But until then, until that failure happens, he's going to take him down and repeat. And, and if it's over the course of five rounds, it's over the course of five rounds. Because like he said, if he wants to get his full money, he's got to win. And if he's going to win, he's going to win by the easiest route he can take, which is wrestling. So don't tell me that the win and show structure makes for an exciting fight. It doesn't. All it does is keep the pay for the UFC fighters artificially low and makes people believe that maybe some maybe they'll get crazy and, and start winging them bungalows for, for, uh, for a win bonus. Odds are they won't. It's just not going to happen. It's just not true. So let's get rid of this whole fantasy of win and show mix for more exciting fights. Because this guy here is telling you, I'm going to win by the easiest route, which is wrestling and holding a guy down. So come on now. Win and show bonus pay structure doesn't do anything but pay the fighters less than they deserve. That note, I'm going to call it a night. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, everyone stay safe.